Hi, I'm Brandon. And I'm Megan. For years, we were stuck in a rut, always complaining that nothing ever changed for us. And then we realized, if we wanted to improve our lives, we had to put in the work. Each week on this podcast, we'll get into an aspect of personal growth, relationships, or just life. Through our own experiences and guest interviews, we hope to inspire you to make your own positive changes. Welcome Welcome to to the the Fools in Love Podcast. Hey guys, we're so excited to have Andrew and Katie May of the Allegory and Elm podcast here today. Andrew is a wedding and adventure elopement photographer based in Asheville, North Carolina, and Katie is a nurse and owns her own health coaching business. They started their podcast at the end of 2019 to share their stories so that they and others can learn from those experiences. Thanks so much for being here today, Andrew and Katie. Yeah, yeah. We we're are stoked here, to be here for it. <laughs> so before we get started, we always love to just let y'all just open it up and let y'all just tell your story, give a little bit of background to us and give a little background to our audience, just where y'all are coming from, a little bit of your story. I know y'all are big on on sharing your story, so I want y'all to own it and just, just share it for us for us right now. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Katie and I actually met in high school and we started dating in high school. So not to go like too far back, but I think context will help. Um, but yeah, we met when we were like 17 and 18 years old. And uh, we've raised each other, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Same here. Yeah, that's what I was going to say yeah. right off the bat. Same here, 17 and 18. So, oh, yeah. yeah and totally. you, guys, you guys got married in, right? Y'all got married in 08. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that correct? Okay, cool. Yeah, we got married in 06. So, uh, yeah, dated throughout college and whatnot. They and said it wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of negativity around <laughs> that. <laughs> yes. Yeah, same to you. I mean, it almost didn't, but. Yeah. Here we are. Yeah. But, uh, I, I essentially, uh, was trying to find out what I wanted to do. I studied youth ministry and, um, kind of took a U-turn from that whenever I, I got out of school. And, um, I, I just basically started teaching, uh, pre-K and that was kind of a weird thing for a while, but it was cool. And I started doing photography on the side. So then, uh, around 2013, I started my own photography business. It was just my name, Andrew May photography. And, uh, that was pretty solid for, you know, the last five years. And then I recently switched over to allegory and Elm and we started doing this podcast and all of that. So, uh, yeah, I mainly do elopements and weddings. So, and Katie. So yeah, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for almost 14 years and I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a nurse. And so it wasn't really a guessing game, but part of that I think also has been a little bit limiting for me because it was like, Oh, I'm a nurse. I got that, figured that out. And I never really allowed myself to dream. And the last couple of years, um, I think just becoming a mother and being just sort of an awakening from my own children and just kind of realizing like the beauty of growth, it allowed me to open my mind and my heart to other aspects of who I am. And from that, I think just realizing the beauty and the power of owning my own life, owning my own health. And so now I'm building my own health coaching business to try to help other people, particularly women, because I think we get stuck um, a lot of times in what people think we should or shouldn't be doing as women and mothers. And it's so hard to claim yourself back from that. So I'm trying to really focus on women who need help in that area and really reclaiming their life and reclaiming their health. Yeah. And I mean, that's such a, such a noble and honorable thing you're doing because there are so many women, I mean, myself included, that could always use somebody reminding them to just say, Hey, you know, you are more than a mom, a nurse, a whatever you do. And you, you have a whole a whole person about you. There's actually many, many sides to you. You should explore them and you can explore them. Totally. Yeah, I actually yeah. I actually love that about both of your stories. I mean, just, just hearing them individually, it's like both of y'all started out on like a particular path and then you didn't necessarily stay on that path. Like, Katie, you knew you wanted to be a nurse, but you didn't just stick with just, well, I'm a nurse and that's my defining thing. I am Katie, I'm a nurse and I can't do anything beyond this point, because I think for all of us, we either, you know, start out in a career or maybe we go to college for a certain thing and we do that trade. And then we think, well, that's just what we have to do because we've committed this amount of time. So that's what we have to do. And we can't really go beyond that. So 
it's really cool to kind of hear your how you kind of made both of your ways out of that into into something more. But you wouldn't have done that without, you know, going out and actually trying to pursue more in that avenue. Right. Yeah. I think it's just taking that first step. Like I, I think for for you right now, you know, it's it's been one step after another and it's been cool to see the progression of, you know, just a, an idea to, I remember when you first told me about it, it was, I think it was after rise business and I was just like, okay. Uh, like, that sounds <laughs> interesting. I was like, I, I wasn't like doubtful, but I, maybe I was a little bit if I'm, if I'm being entirely honest. Uh, I think that, yeah, when someone claims a big idea, oftentimes we, tend to, I don't know if we just want to pull them back down to reality or what. I don't know if that's an insecurity on our part, but you, you were super supportive of me uh, having a photography business and getting out of what was comfortable and what was safe and doing something that we didn't know how it was going to turn out. And so I, I, I hopefully now am making steps that are yeah more supportive. Cause I think initially I was like, well, like, it just doesn't make sense. Why are, and I think initially too, you weren't sure exactly what you wanted to, yeah. where you wanted to focus. Yeah. You tried selling uh, Arbon stuff for a minute. <laughs> it was just like, I, I want to have a business, but I don't know what it looks like. Yeah. But you kept moving forward. You kept taking steps. Yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel from like starting something new. I don't think you ever, I mean, maybe some people have like this real clear cut vision, but for me, it was just kind of like an idea. And then it was like, but what do you do with that? I don't know. Um, I don't know if you guys experienced that, but it was just kind of like, well, you just kind of have to start somewhere. And then I feel like it starts to just flow as you keep showing up to that idea. Yeah, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but when we started the podcast, we didn't actually know what it was other than the fact that it was going to be us talking. I mean, that was kind of what we knew, that we'd hop on a microphone and talk about our lives. But what we thought it was going to be in December of 2018 is not what it is today. Sure. We had a pretty clear vision for what we wanted the podcast to be. Uh, I've been back and forth on it because I've struggled to find a way that the content in the podcast actually relates to photography, but, uh, I think I'll, I guess this is a good jumping point to talk about what allegory and Elm actually is. And, um, yeah, allegory is just basically a hidden story or a hidden meaning within something. So we're constantly looking for the hidden story in our lives and like in the photos I'm taking, I'm looking for hidden story within a couple or a relationship. And then Elm is just representing growth. So the main tenets are story and growth and I thought with the podcast, we would kind of share our story, uh, which heavily involves vulnerability and, and grief. Grief is a huge part of just our journey. And I had dabbled a little bit. I have, you know, most photographers have a, a blog, you know, to where they can kind of hopefully get in the rankings with Google and whatnot. Um, and so with the blogs I would put out, I just didn't want to put out like, yo, uh, Kathy and Jack's uh, wedding was so fun and blah, 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 and just kind of boring stuff. So we wrote about deeper topics. Like we wrote about a miscarriage that we had. Uh, you know, we, we wrote about some different, like I wrote about the daughter I didn't want, like I, I didn't want to have a second kid. And so, um, you know, we just, I guess we just didn't stray away from being honest and speaking our truth within the blog sphere. And I thought with this podcast, you know, the first five episodes, I had a, a real clear idea of what we wanted uh, the content to be. And the, the very first episode was uh, titled, I had an affair. And it was, so Katie and I, we got married when we were 21 and 22. And uh, yeah, within the first year and a half, first two years, I had an affair with someone. And uh, that was how we launched our podcast was talking about that. And, uh, I basically held on to that secret for over a decade. I told Katie at the beginning of 2019. Yeah. 2019. And we did, uh, we did a year of therapy and we felt like we got to a place where we could share that story. And the reason we wanted to share that story was so people wouldn't feel so, uh, wouldn't feel so alone and wouldn't feel like they have to be defined by their mistakes. And, uh, you know, that, 
that things can be redeemable, that a relationship can be redeemed, even if there's uh, mistrust and, and, you know, breaking of trust and things like that. So that was like our first episode. Our second episode was about uh, a miscarriage. And um, I'm talking a lot, man. I'm going to let you <laughs> jump in here on some stuff. I mean, I think on the theme of vulnerability, I think we've both, well, 2019, right before he tells me about this affair, I decided vulnerability would be a good word for 2019. And so I don't know (laughs) if I manifested this or not, but I chose vulnerability as my word for 2019. And then not more like probably less than a week later, this news comes to me. And so 2019, I feel like was a year of vulnerability for me and for both of us. I think when I think about vulnerability, you know, it's, it's a lot of people think about it, like sharing with everybody else, vulnerable, being vulnerable with everybody else. But I think what I've realized is you have to start with vulnerability within yourself. You have to turn inward and you have to face the feelings that you're having, the things that you're thinking about, the ways that you're limiting yourself, your past, um, your story, and really be vulnerable with yourself first to, to know like what is inside of you. And I think 2019 for us was a year of discovering what's inside of us, what's inside of our marriage. What parts do we want to keep? What parts do we want to move away from? And then who do we want to be on the other side of this crisis that we were having in our relationship? And so I think that is really where we gained a huge appreciation for vulnerability. And then from there, it was kind of like, I think it felt like we couldn't not share that with the world. It it Mm. almost felt like if we didn't share that with the world, we were going to be going against something that was calling us. I mean, I hate to use a Frozen 2 reference, no, get after it. <laughs> but it resonates with me so much when Elsa's like being called to the unknown, because that is literally how I feel like we both felt about starting a podcast and starting it in a really vulnerable place. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask, was there a reason, was there an impetus for you choosing this vulnerability word for 2019? What, what made you think of that and then spend this whole year dealing with this? I mean, I think I always have felt more drawn. I, I guess it started back in 2014. Um, I wrote a blog post about our miscarriage because I felt so grief stricken by this this thing that had happened to me and to us. And I didn't know what to do with it. It was so heavy. I hadn't experienced this type of grief in my life before. And so I decided to write about it. And I wrote this blog post and Andrew shared it through his photography website. And we got so many people reaching out saying like, hey, I had a miscarriage and this really, you know, reading what you went through resonates with me. And it just kind of started my thoughts around like, what if we just lived out loud? What if we just shared our lives with kind of like what you guys are doing? What if we just talked about the stuff we struggle with or the things we've gone through. And I think like through just like motherhood and struggling with, you know, motherhood and life and loss. um, I think I just realized vulnerability was something I really wanted to focus on in 2019, not knowing at all what that meant, but that was just sort of the impetus for diving into it. Yeah. And that kept being reinforced for us in our lives. Like, so my mom was diagnosed in 2013 with a glioblastoma brain tumor. And you're normally given about two years to live with that diagnosis. She ended up living for five, but I'd say like three or four, three years into her cancer journey, I was just, I mean, I was struggling throughout the whole process, but, and struggling how to process my emotions and my feelings. And so I just turned to art. I turned to my camera and I I was trying to figure out how to take what was in my mind and put it into images. So those dark feelings of depression and just anger and at the unfairness and, and, um, all of that. And so I did a series, uh, a grief series, uh, called the shape of grief. And it was basically just, I did some stuff on Instagram and I did a blog post that was basically sharing my experience of grief. And I think that that really helped 
that really helped me to just understand that other people, uh, well, being vulnerable in that way was scary. It was really kind of hard to do. And I felt like I was going to be judged and I got a lot of really great feedback from people of, you know, you're not alone. I've, I've felt that too, or like my mom's dealing with this or my dad's dealing with this. And so I think it just breeds community whenever you are willing to say, I'm going through some tough shit right now and, uh, I need some support or, uh, this is how I'm dealing with it. I hope this is helpful to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, y'all just said so many like amazing things. So I'm just going to pick a few of them here, but I want to go back to what Katie was saying about that idea where if you didn't kind of look in the mirror and own it yourself, because the saying goes, you know, own your past or your past will own you. And really, I believe, and I struggled with this a lot because I wanted to point the finger at everybody else. I didn't want to look inside and say, this was my fault, whatever happened, whatever the circumstance is. And I know a lot of us deal with a lot of crazy things, but you got to look inside and reflect on yourself and be vulnerable with yourself because that is the hardest thing. I would say it's almost harder to be honest with yourself than it is to look at your partner, a friend, someone else and open up to them. And that was a struggle for me. So that was like very important. Uh, the thing you said there. And then Andrew, I mean, going back to you talking about talking about your photography business, talking about like, yeah, I mean, I could have done a blog, but you know what? I was, I decided to do a podcast. I decided to be vulnerable. I decided to look at it in a different way. And I believe that people will follow your story. Like they want to mm-hmm. do business with you. They want to be in community with you because they sense that community. And the way that you decided to do that and the way you guys do so well, I mean, I'll give you guys props. You do so well with the honesty and vulnerability to bring in people to your story and allow them to share their story. It's just so powerful. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, it feels almost like we couldn't do it any other way now. It's like my therapist once said to me, once you start taking things out of the box, like once you really start bringing them to light and looking at them and inspecting them and processing them. You cannot put them back in the box. Just doesn't happen. So this is it. This is the life. Now (laughs) there is no putting the lid back on the box. Yeah. We had joked about renaming the podcast, the Andrew cries podcast, because with all the content that we were talking about it, I would say the first 10 episodes, I probably cried eight, eight or nine of the episodes just because the the content was so raw and visceral and just close to home and it's it's hard to expose yourself in that way and uh you know put yourself out there to where people can judge it and the internet's mean you know like it can be and so we were just there was some reluctance but i think the i was thinking at it more from a stance of like my 90 year old self and, and thinking about 90 year old Andrew would be pissed if, you know, 35 year old Andrew did not do this hard thing. Uh, I, I just thought I, I don't want to look back and be like, what if, you know? And so we took those small steps and, uh, you know, shared some of our, our really hard stuff with people. Yeah. I would say that the, when you started your first photography business and then when you rebranded my one question both times was, will you regret if you don't do this? Will you regret if you don't even try it? And you were like, absolutely. And like, then you got to try it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what? I, I feel like vulnerability is like, it's kind of like a superpower in the sense that like, you know, we constantly say we're not enough or, we have that imposter syndrome that says, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not a podcaster. I'm not a photographer. I'm not a nurse coach. Uh, I'm not an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like the antidote is, is vulnerability to that. Just saying, uh, and taking not the, the word N O T not taking that out of your vocabulary instead of saying, I'm not a blank. I am a blank or yet adding yet to the end. I think like I'm not, a podcaster yet mm-hmm. until you are <laughs> Yeah, right. after one until episode, all of a sudden you are. <laughs> That's right. 
So I think it's just, I think the, the willingness to be vulnerable with yourself, first of all, it opens so many avenues for you to think outside of the box, to be willing to consider possibilities, to be curious with yourself. And then what I've found is it's opened me up to other people so much more yeah. mm-hmm. and, and the willingness to receive their story and to not really be so fixated on right and wrong, but on what is. Right. Yeah. So your transparency with each other and through this podcast then has really just become a way for people to connect with you. Do people reach out and just tell you all the things? I mean, do you feel like they're just because of your transparency, they just share with you whatever? People there's, shared there's some stuff few, with us. Yeah, a few <laughs> stories. After that. after that first episode, people shared some stuff that, you know. Secret safe with us guys, but and we hold um, it sacred. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um when people step forward in vulnerability, I hold it very sacred. Because it's yeah. it's so hard. And so but I do think it's like a muscle, right? The more you practice it and the more you use it, it actually does get easier. Yeah, you almost like kind of wear yourself, you're, you know, you're able to like wear it down and like kind of peel off your shell and be like, like you all said, once you once you've talked about it, you really can't go back. You're all, you're also like, I, I, I think I, I, we need to talk more about this or we can talk about this. I know for us, like once we start getting into that vulnerable place, like I've told Meg this before on several occasions, but it's like, this is something I don't want to talk about, but mm-hmm. by not talking about it, I know that I'm not able to help someone out there who's struggling with the same thing. So how can I then not talk about it if I know that I'm actually like keeping someone else from dealing with it as well? Like it's mm-hmm. almost a little heavier there. Right. Yeah. Well, I remember I remember when we did that anger episode. This was a while ago. And everyone, I mean, the comments were overwhelming. What? Brandon struggles with anger? Brandon's an angry person? <laughs> like nobody knew. And it's like this is part of our very real marriage. And it was just people were just shocked and amazed that the same Brandon that they thought they knew or, you know, knew through online at least was this guy that struggled with that. And so really by him opening up, I feel like it did help so many people like say, yeah, me, me too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's almost like its own. I mean, the Me Too movement, it caught like wildfire for a reason. You know, I think there's so many other types of Me Too movements that need to go on. I think around mental health, I think around our struggles. You know, I, I know you guys just dropped a podcast. Was it yesterday on depression and anxiety? I yeah. mean, those are very real things for people. And I think it's so important that we talk about them and we break down walls and we stop stigmatizing these things. Yeah. I think everyone has this like built up facade, like Mm -hmm. this public image that they want to keep. And until people like us, I mean, not to toot our own horns, but people like us who are willing to share and say, listen, it's not perfect because it's so easy to look in this like media, social media world that everyone out there is perfect. And, 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 everything is going smoothly for them. And if only I had that, or if only I had that, and you don't know all the skeletons they have in their closet or all the things they're dealing with, because you're only looking at them in a very small lens. Like you're looking at them with tunnel vision at a specific thing. Like, you know, their marriage is so, so amazing. I wish I could be vulnerable and honest like them, but yet like they just lost their job and they don't know what they're going to do to make their house payment. Like there's, there's difficult things just because you have one thing figured out. doesn't mean you have everything figured out. And let's all be honest and cut through the stigma completely. No one has it all figured out. Y'all could tell us, but I promise you, even the things that I have figured out one day are not figured out the next. (laughs) Like you just, the world can flip upside down like we're living in right now and you don't have anything really figured out. So like, let's all be honest about that and own that and break Mm -hmm. down those walls. And like you said, cut out that stigma that like, we're all dealing with this. Go online, look at the statistics for any single thing you're dealing with, and you will see how many people are impacted by it. It's just no one likes to talk about it. Yeah. So let's open up the conversation, you know? Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we build up walls just around our heart, and vulnerability is the thing that kind of is able to break through those walls. So even when we were talking to you guys last week, and Megan, you mentioned that y'all's marriage almost ended. I was like, no way. They're like 
like just from but what I had seen. Yeah, 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 right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Everything I knew about you guys, I was like, that doesn't, and, which I didn't know that much, but I was like, that just doesn't track at all. But it immediately made me feel more connected to the two of you as a couple and as individuals. So I think vulnerability just is contagious. Once, you know, once, once you take that step, other people are just much more likely to connect to what your message is and to what you're saying. Absolutely. Brandon and I were just talking about it. Maybe it was this morning. I don't, I'm not sure but talking about how we would have been talking to you guys. And we're just like, Oh my goodness, this is so crazy that, you know, Andrew and Katie know so much more of our story than probably people we grew up with people that are still in our lives today. Like these mm-hmm. two people that we met, we met Katie real quick at rise and you know, you Andrew on a virtual zoom call <laughs> and you guys know so much more about us than most people ever would. And that vulnerability is just crazy. It's just when you find those people that you can share with it, it means something. Right. So like, what would y'all say? Cause like, I know like it sounds like there was some, really big things to kind of bring you to the place of where you could even be more vulnerable, because I know like, it's really simple for us to say it. Cause we're, we're all on the other side of it. So like, I mean, we're like for me and Megan, like we're an open book and it sounds like y'all are like open to sharing and, and honest and you can speak to that as well. But like, I know a lot of people just like, they feel like they can't be vulnerable, especially for us men, Andrew, I feel like it's oh, yeah. really strong there. Like men need to be the provider, they need to be that person who like puffs out their chest and is like, they can't have emotion. They can't cry. They can't be upset. They need to handle everything. At least that's the belief I always had. So I feel like it's, where would you, I guess, tell people to start if they're trying to like get to a place of being able to share more and be more vulnerable with their partner? I think, I think journaling's great. I think being honest with yourself is a great place to start because I know that with my darkness and my secret, I just kind of would lie to myself or I would just let it kind of swallow me up. It would be like, this is your identity. You're a cheater. You're a liar. You're a piece of shit. And that's not healthy. So being honest with it. And then, uh, I think eventually it helped me to build up the courage when I was honest with myself of like, you made a mistake, but what's the right thing to do here? Uh, that's what helped me to, to make that step to actually tell Katie. So I think writing it out or at least, you know, kind of being honest with yourself. Well, and you had no intention of telling me. I remember like you were like, I was going to take that to the grave mm-hmm. or I was going to tell you on my deathbed. And I was like, well, that would be a real asshole thing to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I don't, I think it was so scary. Yeah, it was. I don't, you can talk about how you felt about it initially. Like I remember, but I remember you saying like, I'd, I just didn't think I was ever going to be able to tell you this. And you had like moments, I think, where you had wanted to tell me and then you got scared and you kind of shied away and you told me something else. Um, So I think it's a process, I would say. It's a process of, and I agree, like deconstructing your own stuff, like really looking, I think, back to what you were saying, Brandon, of kind of how have you been conditioned? And I think for a lot of us, it goes back to our family of origin or our childhood and kind of the, the messages. And all of these things are unintentional messages too. Like um, I'm really interested in like generational shame and generational emotional um, limits that people have been taught. And so you have to really go back and look at, you know, how was I raised? What were the messages I was getting? You know, was I allowed to show emotion? Was I allowed to be vulnerable in my family of origin? Um a lot of us weren't. A lot of us were not taught how to handle our emotions or how to speak our emotions or our feelings. And so I think it's really almost like a relearning, a deconstruction, and then a relearning of how do you want to show up in the world? How do you want to live your life? And really claiming that for your yourself first, and then finding ways to to talk to your partner or your family or your friends or whoever you want to open up to about it. And I would say like practicing with your safest person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that may not be your partner. It may not be at the, at least in the initial phases, it might be a close friend or it might just be yourself in your journal that you can feel safe writing. So I think just really, um, facing those stories and those, those beliefs that we've had first. 
Yeah, to piggyback on that, I, I think telling a safe person is is really helpful and next leveling it or, or leveling up in, in a way therapy I think is, is great as well. So if, if your therapist is your safe person, uh, cause it's all confidential and everything, I think that that, uh, you know, is really helpful and it's vulnerable to, for, for me. It was really hard to admit that we needed therapy mm-hmm. that it, it's, it was hard for me to walk in the very first time. And by the you know, the very last session we did, I was, I was loving it. I I really enjoyed going in there and being able to get, get tools that we needed because we just aren't taught these tools in school of how do you be vulnerable? It's that there's no vulnerability class. And so, uh, I think having, you know, an unbiased third party to be able to teach you some of those methods, methods and teach you those things, I think is really helpful. Yeah. So maybe like even getting some outside support, therapist, coach, somebody that you can fully practice with too. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is with, with the affair, we slowly told people that were closest to us or that we felt like we're safe people before we just like dropped it, you know, Mm -hmm. on the world. And I do think that that's, that's the way to do it is find the safe, safest people and start there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great advice. I, I think that that's, you know, maybe how we kind of learned to do it, even if we didn't realize until you guys are talking about it, I didn't realize that that's like kind of how we did it. We mm-hmm. started out kind of, I mean, I don't, Brandon doesn't journal probably as much as I used to. Now I think he probably does a little mm-hmm. more than me, but you know, starting out in that journal and then kind of opening up to your best one best friend and then kind of talking about it through that, I think is a really, really noble and good idea because, you know, you might not have, might not be able to drop it on the world. And even if you did, that would be kind of shocking for those that are closest to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I will say like, as much as I would love everyone to be open and honest out loud and living their life just as it is, I don't know that it's for everyone. You know, I think you have to really decide what your comfort level is. And if you're willing to speak it to other people, you know, more than a couple of people or not, you know, not everybody would be willing to do what we've done or what you all have done in recording and sending it out in the world, these, you know, vulnerable moments. But, you know, some part of me feels like there is a level of vulnerability that we all could achieve. It just may look differently for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right too. I mean, just because you like, yeah, I mean, you're not going to shout it out to the world necessarily, like all, all of your stuff. I mean, it's, I think it's great that y'all do that. Obviously that's what we like to do. I mean, just taking its power away because it's like, and, and knowing that it can help other people, but sharing something like that with your partner is of the utmost importance. Like you said, having a person, that you can talk to? Yes, for sure. But eventually getting to a place where you can share it with your partner and be open with them because, you know, like Andrew said, I mean, there's, there's fear there. There's, there's some shame there, but like until you're willing to kind of say it and own it and, uh, you know, try to work toward just, just getting it out, then you're not able to like completely move past it. Cause if you would have taken that to the grave, Andrew, how much damage would have that have done to you inside and how much guilt would you be carrying around with you inside had you like never actually said that and never actually owned it? Right. Well, we sure as hell wouldn't be sitting here. I don't think we would. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we'd be sitting here recording these episodes. And No, no, I, I think, you know, and I think too, one thing I'm really interested in learning more about is, I think all of these things that we carry around with us mentally and emotionally eventually start to affect our physical health. Mm -hmm. And so I think if Andrew would have kept that inside for the rest of his life, I mean, honestly, it could have taken some years off of his life because I think there's so much that if you don't process it, it's going to still affect you. You may not have an awareness about it, but I don't know if you guys have read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, but it's all about trauma and how whether you deal with your trauma or not, it starts to physically manifest in your body. And yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I don't know 
I don't know if this is the same for everybody, but I mean, even just in a stressful day, my stomach will hurt. I mean, just, you know, little things like, or I get a headache almost every afternoon that I, when work is stressful or whatever the case is. But even those small instances show you and clue you in to the, to the bigger things. Like if I'm, if I'm that worked up about, you know, something stupid happening at the office, then how much more am I going to be worked up and sick for, you know, the next 12 years of my life, maybe 30 years, who knows? until I deal with whatever I'm really thinking about and whatever's really going on. Yeah. So I like to think of vulnerability as a tool toward our, our healing. Cause like you said, Brandon, the more willing you are and able to speak it, it does take its power away. Like once you can kind of work through the healing process and talk about it, it doesn't have the same amount of power over you as it did when it was a secret. Or when you only have kept it inside to yourself, or maybe when you didn't even realize what was inside of yourself. Yeah, I love that too, because you got to, and you got to be, like you said, it's like a muscle that you have to learn because like you said, Katie, a minute ago, and I wanted to hold on to it. You talked about like family of origin and like where you come from and like how you learn certain things. And there are, we like, we laugh about this a lot. I mean, on a much smaller scale about like beliefs that we have about silly things even. And it's like, where did that come from? Cause like all of a sudden you Google it now and it's like, that's not true. Why did I ever believe that that was the case? <laughs> but it happens the same on a much larger scale as far as like relationships and what family should look like and what marriage should look like and what your career or anything should look like. Because all of our experiences are based off someone else's experiences. Unless we start to look inside and take our own experience and go out into the world and take some action. Because like, if I'm only looking at what my parents' marriage looks like, what, you know, my brother or other families' marriages look like, or what their job looks like, then like, how is that going to really like make me decide what I need to do for me? And I think absolutely that's just powerful what you said, because like, I think a lot of us carry those things around with us. And it's like, until you actually think about it, journal about it, talk about it, you're like, man, what was I even what am I even talking about? Why am I thinking that way? And where did I get this from? Yeah, it's so, I mean, I, I think it's for all of us. I mean, I think we, unless you stop and think about it or have had therapy or really worked through, like we are acting out of our conditioning. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I so think that I, wa- so that I wanted to ask, oh, I'm sorry, Andrew, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, generationally, I, I feel like the generation of people coming up right now are thirsty for this type of way of living, of just being fully who you are, being transparent, not stuffing stuff down. Uh, you know, I think our but it's par- a, it's a, it's a wrestling almost mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know if you guys have felt this way, but, and I don't want to cut you off. No, you're cool. But you're cool, cool. But it, it can sometimes make you feel like restless. Like you're not, you're not going to please these people who expect these things from you. But if you, if you please them, then you're denying yourself. Or you can be true to yourself and really disappoint a lot of people in your life. Right. Yeah. And we found that with family, some of our family just did not, and friends just didn't really get what we were doing. I think they have a better understanding now of maybe. I don't know that they all really agree with it. but Yeah. But we're, you know, we got to do us. Yeah. Okay. So that's a really good, that's a really good. Yeah. I was going to say that's exactly what I was trying to go with it anyway. So, (laughs) cause my next question is actually, how do you deal like personally and professionally, how do you deal with the haters, the naysayers, the people that are just, you know, not into this whole thing that think you guys are crazy or whatever. I ask because I know that there are people out there that think we're a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still kind of working through that, to be honest, like, I think there's days where it's a lot easier and it's like you feel it in your bones and you're just like, this is what I'm doing and I feel called to this. Um, But I think there's some days where we've both really struggled with like, are we doing the right thing? Is this too much? Are we too much for the world? (laughs) Um, And I think we've had to have some conversations about that between each other. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like the number one hater can be yourself, can be Brad, my, my inner head voice. Uh, sometimes that voice will, will tell you things that aren't even true in terms of how other people are perceiving you. Uh, if you're being honest and open and vulnerable, uh, you know, that voice might just say, well, nobody cares or nobody, uh, 
nobody likes what you have to say, or your dad is going to be so disappointed in you. And, you know, I, I think it takes even being vulnerable and having those conversations with family members. We, we kind of had to have some conversations with family to talk through what we were doing to give them a better understanding. And we thought those conversations were going to go horribly just because that's, that's not how our family dynamics have been. And all of a sudden we threw this wrench into the family dynamics and it was like, this is very unfamiliar and uncomfortable for everyone. Uh, and we were the ones who threw the wrench. So it was, uh, yeah, vulnerability is not comfortable, but it is beneficial. Well, and I think for us, it it was a risk. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a risk every time we, like my mom even asked me like, well, are there any more surprises we should know about? Um, and I was like, I don't know how to answer that because I don't know what's surprising to you. I mean, obviously finding out like my husband had an affair and all the other stuff um, that we've been working through is a, it's a surprise. But I don't know. Like I can't. Some people might think that's not even that crazy. So I don't know. I think we've had to just kind of stay really connected to our why like, why did we choose this path and why are we continuing to show up in this way? And I think at the end of the day, it comes back to wanting to live authentically and claiming like, this is who we are right now. Maybe we won't be this in 10 years or five years or even next year. Like you guys said, like the time transformation is even remarkable, mm -hmm. but this is who we are right now. And this is how we're choosing to show up right now. And you know, there are, I think just accepting that there are going to be people that don't get it and there are going to be maybe even lost relationships, which I know is super hard, especially for me as a people pleaser. Um, I've really had to like wrangle that in and be like, you're going to disappoint people and it will be okay. And you won't be for everybody. And right. that's okay too. But what you find is that it strengthens those relationships that the, the people who do hang around that like, I don't agree with you, but I, I'm, I love you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, I right. want to know this version of you that I didn't know before. Yeah. yeah. My, yeah, we, 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 um, it, a while ago we had Trent Shelton on our podcast, which was like, he's an amazing guy. If, if anyone hasn't listened to his podcast, he has one as well, but he was talking about how like the haters are always actually more likely to be the people closest to you. And, they might be the people from your hometown, the people that like you went to high school and college with and your family, because they're the people who have seen your journey throughout the whole, their whole life up until this point. And they're the hardest people to kind of shift their mindset to be like, this is actually who I am. That person that was there before wasn't really who I was because I wasn't being honest with myself. Like you said, Katie, you're being a people pleaser you name it, whatever title you want to give to your past self, you were doing a lot of different things where you were not necessarily being honest with yourself. You were doing what the world told you you should do. And so those are the hardest people to kind of shift around. And we've learned the same thing. Like there's people close to us that follow us that like, I would never have thought they would follow us, that they, they are into it. They're listening every week. They're like loving our journey. And then there's other people that just don't like people we thought would be like, not even necessarily negative, but at least be like supportive, at least be like, oh, that's really cool. You're doing that. Let's check that out. And we found like the people like for the most part, because I want to say we have plenty of uh, super fans and family and friends close knit to us. But then there's other people that are our family and friends that just like they flat out don't get it. They're like, yeah, I just don't get it. We, we, we know you're into it. We don't get it. We're not going to listen. We're not going to do anything. And like you said, you got to get to a place where you're like, right. that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter because, and, and I mentioned this on y'all's podcast, but it's like, not every person is your people. Like, and yeah. that's like, it's always so hard. I always get some kickback when I say that because like, it's like, but I'm not saying push people away. I'm not saying end relationships. Like you said, Katie, that could happen. Relationships could end. There is a choice there, but like they not aren't necessarily supposed to get everything that you're doing. Like, and that's okay. Yeah. Like you said, the realization that that is okay is something we got in tune with such a long time ago. 
Because I actually remember y'all, when you came out initially with your podcast, I was like, I was watching one of your stories and you were kind of just explaining where y'all were coming from, like why you were starting out. And I, I, uh, I had told Megan, I was like, we did the exact same thing because you just want people to understand. You want them to understand. But yeah. like, once you do that initial explaining, you can't change people. You can't. I mean, you can explain mm-hmm. where you're yeah. coming from, but then you got to move on. Haters or not, you just got to move on. Yeah. Well, and I think for me too, it, 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 it's a call to courage for myself to say, you know, this is scary. This feels kind of foreign, a little bit of some imposter syndrome going on. Like, who am I to show up and talk about these things? I mean, I think we've both kind of felt like, well, we're not mental health professionals. We're not therapists. We're not grief experts. Like, should we even broach these subjects? And I think we've both had to say, like, our story matters. If we want to encourage other people that their story matters, then we have to believe our story matters. Yeah. And I think people like other people who are in process. I don't think other people want experts all the time in things. And so I don't think we necessarily need to be grief experts or experts on any particular subject. I think that's attractive to people. It's attractive to me when I see realness and I see someone who's not figured the whole thing out or they're just a few steps ahead of me or, or, you know, whatever on their journey. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that too, Andrew. I mean, that's like my favorite thing when I can see people who are being like transparent and open. And I think it's almost like you said, there's like, there's almost that familiarity where you're like, there might be some intimidation. Like we talked a little bit earlier about like therapy or like an expert or like a grief expert, or like there's something with someone's title that makes it almost feel like a little intimidating. But when it's people like us Mm -hmm. who are just like people out there living their lives that are like making mistakes and being honest about it, sometimes brutally honest about it, then like it kind of takes down the walls of the other people listening because they're like, hey, they're actually, you know, Katie and Andrew are just like me. Like I'm struggling with this too. And if they're on the other side of it, then I could get on the other side of it rather than looking at someone up on the mountaintop and saying, oh man, they're way up there and there's just no way that I can get up there. So I might as well just stay where I am because I, I, I don't know what could happen. There's that fear of the unknown, like we said earlier. And so like, but when there's people like us who are normal people, we're all normal people here. If you trust the word normal, I mean, I use that lightly for myself, but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, I mean, we're all like, it opens people up and just takes down the walls so that we can all be there and be open and honest with each other. And hopefully we're all doing something that will allow people to share their story. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. So important. I think it's honestly the way, I mean, to me, vulnerability is the only way to real connection. Yeah, because if you only go so far within a relationship, I've had friendships, particularly with guys, it's it's very tricky because guys don't always, I don't want to say fall in line, but guys don't always reciprocate in terms of if you are vulnerable with them, they don't always know what to do because they haven't had good uh, examples in their life of what what it looks like to be vulnerable. And I think vulnerability is strength. I, mm-hmm. it, it can be seen as weakness. Oh, he's crying. What a bitch. But it's, it's strength. You know, uh, I think it takes a lot of strength to say, I made a mistake. I messed up. And I think a lot of times politically, uh, just in our own lives, everybody has a really hard time saying I messed up. Yeah. Uh, no one wants to take ownership and, uh, accept blame for things. They just want to put blame on others. And so vulnerability kind of cuts through that like a knife, but it's not an easy road. I mean, it causes you to have to reckon with your ego. Yeah. I love that. That the vulnerability of strength is love it. So guys, this has been a great conversation. I feel like it's been a little heavy, but I know that was on purpose. That was intentional. <laughs> so I just got to end this on a happy note. Tell us something good. Tell us what you want people to know the most about you. Tell us how they can find you. Tell us the good stuff. Good stuff. We're married. We're, we're still married and we're happy. In and our we're marriage. having, I think, more fun 
and genuine connection in our lives and in our marriage because we've chosen the path of vulnerability. So while it's hard and it's scary and it's messy, I think once you, like I said, once you practice it and it becomes just part of you, like there is such beauty and fun. Like we have so much fun together because we can just be who we are. And so I think it's important to just claim who you are Find joy in yourself. Find joy in the journey that this life is because we can't make it easier. It's just, it's going to be challenging, but we can make it more fun and we can make it more fulfilling. So if you want to find me, I'm on Instagram at Embrace Yourself Whole. I love talking about this. I could talk about it all day, Um, but I also like to have a lot of fun and share just supportive messages for people who are working through life together. Yeah. Uh, I think changing your uh, defaults. So if your default is to close up and clam up and uh, hold your stuff in, I I think we need to start taking little steps towards vulnerability. Um, Free it, free yourself. Yeah. That's what we've done in our, our marriage. And I think that that's made all the difference in the world. Uh, Our defaults are no longer me keeping this stuff all inside. And so changing your defaults can really uh, allow your marriage to grow and your relationships to flourish. So, uh, yeah, I do uh, photography and uh, you can find me at Allegorian Elm Photography. It's mostly elopements and weddings. And uh, yeah, we have a podcast, Allegorian Elm Podcast. We like to shoot the shit and be real. That's our, uh, that's what we say. (laughs) So I love do. it. Thank you all for your transparency, your honesty. I mean, I, I truly love finding other couples who are open, willing to be open and honest and just share their story. And so thank you all for what you do every week. And thanks for being on. Yeah, dude. Same. We feel pleasure. like y'all are like our soulmates now. <laughs> Each other's spirit animals, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. It's, been, it's been fun to connect. Hey, B, what did you think of that episode? I think it was pretty dang good. Well, what should someone do if they enjoyed these last 30 minutes? They should probably head over and leave us a review so we can reach more people. They definitely should. Guys, if you like the Fools in Love podcast, please go follow us over on Instagram at Fools in Love podcast. We'd love to connect with you and learn more about what you'd like to hear.